Today is Sunday, September 1st, 2019, and this is Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of your Boston Celtics. Evan Valenti filling in for Adam Kaufman here this week, episode 330, featuring Mass Live's Tom Westerholm is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit of $55 or more. Welcome to the Celtics Speed, everybody. Evan Valenti again filling in for Adam Kaufman here this week. He's on vacation, a well-deserved vacation for Adam and his family. Trust me, the guy works like a complete maniac for us at CLNS, for WBZ out in Boston, for DraftKings, interviewing Mike Francesa, the, the sports pope, every single week. The guy has an insane schedule. I'll let him have a couple of weeks off during the season as well if he will indulge me. But, uh... Shout out to Adam. Enjoy your vacation, Adam. With that being said, we're back here on Celtics Beat here on Sunday, joined by Mass Live's Tom Westerholm, who's just, you know, between him and Corrales at, at, at Mass Live, we have, again, we're so lucky to have guys on the beat um, all over the place, but the Mass Live guys are always great, and, and we're going to get into a lot of stuff uh, as it, it pertains to the Celtics. But, Tom, let me ask you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. We have not discussed this. It is the worst time of year. We've all discussed the fact that there's this, the, the deadest sports time of year. We're getting into it because football's here, so life is a little bit easier. Um, but for us NBA heads like you and me and everybody else listening to the show, it's kind of rough right now. <laughs> what would you give up to have at least, like, maybe not, like, the actual start of the season, but maybe, like, training camp or, like, some preseason action? What would you give up to have a little taste of the NBA right now? So I'm actually going to um, voice an unpopular opinion here. This is the best time of year because oh, I get a little wow. break. So wow. I have a two, I have a two year old. I yeah. get a, I get a little chance to, uh, to hang out with my son for like two months straight. Like, this is great. I see everybody on Twitter being like, I can't wait for the start of the NBA season. And I'm just kind of like, guys, calm down. Like we need <laughs> the beat writers need a little bit of time here. Yeah. I think um, a lot actually, of you do for I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have one like dumb suggestion that the NBA would never take up, but I think, I, I'm always kind of curious what it would look like if they, in, instead of having the draft and free agency right after the season, or at least the draft, um, instead of having the draft right after the season, if they had it closer, like if, if they moved it up to, you know, now, or like, you know, this type of time, just because then you would have, you know, you would have like the draft and then you would get everybody directly into training camp. And it would sort of ramp up instead of like ramping down from the finals that then go into the draft, that then go into the summer. I've always kind of wondered what that would look like, and I'm sure there's very good reasons that I haven't, like, fully fleshed out why I would never do it that way. But it would be kind of interesting if instead of, you know, having all of this high, high drama stuff immediately after the finals, if that stuff all led into the regular season instead of just kind of being, you know, almost distracting from the finals, which is kind of what happened this year. What, how do we, what if we move Summer League then? What if we do Summer League late? And then, like, you have the finals. Let's take a breather. Um, I'm a big fan of doing the doing free agency after the draft because I think it changes the way you draft and the way you approach free agency. So you have uh, free agency, draft in some order. I know people are going to go crazy over that. Um, but then take a break and then have summer league so that we can see what the young guys are, then get them in the training camp, like get guys in shape, 
and then get into training camp and then get into the preseason. Like, I see what you're saying. There's got to be a way to spread this out so that we can – like, look, the, the NBA right now, and I know you know this maybe better than anybody else, the NBA is a content machine right now. I mean, yeah. we are in the glory days of every day there's a new NBA content thing that you can get into. Like, unfortunately, recently it's been the DeMarcus Cousins news. Um, it's a content machine, all right? Dwight Howard signing with the Lakers, obviously, is, is, is a – I can't believe it actually happened. Like, I'm still stunned about that. <laughs> you know, Carmelo Anthony's in, a, like, a five-on-five tryout uh, with, like, Philly or New York or whatever, uh, trying to, to latch onto a team somewhere. Like, the, the, the fact that we're doing stuff like this to, like, whet our appetites in August means we can we can spread this out more – to, to better benefit the 365-day-a-year NBA fan, which is, I think, a lot of people at this point. I think a lot of people, in terms of being, like, a casual NBA fan, has been, like, instead of being hipster and, like, not cool, it's it's super popular, and, and, and it's going to keep going in that direction. So maybe if Adam Silver is listening to this podcast, recommendation from Tom and I, find a way. And, again, we might not have the right answers, but find a way to spread it out more. The only problem, though, Tom, that screws with your two-month straight vacation. You know what I mean? Like that's that's oh, a, yeah. that's a nice plus. Like to have that sort of time that you can just devote to turning your brain off and spending time with the family. Like that's also important too, though. I mean, you know, it's important for for like nobody's gonna feel sorry for the B writers, and that's a hundred percent fair. Um, yeah, I mean, and you know, there's like you can you can see the the three hundred sixty five day thing, even with you know the dumb stories like oh LeBron, you know, distracting from his kid, like that kind of. You know, oh, that kind of stuff that. that people. Don't get me going on that. Yeah, like just you know that kind of stuff though is is, is part of the re, is part of the same thing you're talking about where it's like it's 365 days a year. Like everybody wants to argue about something NBA wise every day. Uh, so yeah, I mean it is kind of crazy, and I don't know that uh, you know my idea is is as half formed as an idea can be. I mean I think I think it's entirely possible that there isn't a way to improve on it, and that you know there's going to be little flaws in every system, you know, including the NBA is really, really good system right now. And, you know, there's no reason to, to mess with it when it's clearly working so well. But, you know, I do think that there would be something. I would just be curious to know what they could do to try to let the finals be the finals and not have free agency encroaching on it. Because I did feel like that subtracted from, you know, what was a really fun series, even with all the injuries this year. Yeah, like when, when Durant went down, all of a sudden it was like, oh, where does he go now? Like, did he go back to Golden State exactly. now? Like, that's what everybody thought immediately. It's like, cool. there's a game going on. Like, Toronto's trying right, to do yeah. something they've never done before. You know, the, Kawhi's on one leg. Uh, the the supporting cast of Toronto's amazing. Masai, uh, his whole plan, like, worked. And, like, there's so much going on here that immediately the first thing you think is, like, Durant goes down and goes, oh, no, what does that do about us? Like, I'm, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. It, he went down. It was immediately, what does that do to this free agency thing? What does that mean for Kyrie? What does that mean for this, 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 and this? We are so obsessed with player movement in this league. I mean, rightfully so because there's so much of it, and there's so much top-end star talent moving that it drives everything. But to your point, like we should also enjoy the NBA Finals. It's the best yeah. basketball you're going to see every single calendar year. And maybe that's been devalued a little bit, and that shouldn't be that way. And, like, you know, it, it feels like a very recent thing where this has happened where, like, I will just make an, a, an example just a couple of years ago when Golden State and Cleveland met in the finals and Cleveland came back from that 3-1 deficit. Like, nobody was talking about free agency after that. It was more about exactly. in the moment, uh, this is amazing, I can't believe this is happening. Like, the block 
Well, I mean, that play itself lived on for how many weeks after the, the game was over? I mean, it was, a, you know, we have to get back to, I think it's a great point. We have to get back to enjoying basketball in real time and letting the free agency stuff, you know, take a back burner in some capacity. Like, the only problem is, I think that free agency and speculation and rumors, you know, fuel so much traffic to websites that it just, people just keep doing what we want. Like, that's what, people crave quote-unquote in terms of generating clicks and generating views in general i mean as you know, look we, I, I work for a company that likes to do a lot of short minute you know couple minute youtube clips and put them together when we talk about you know Kyrie leaving to go to brooklyn or whatever versus like game five of like the eastern conference semifinals you're gonna get way more people clicking on you know, my thoughts on Kyrie going to, to Brooklyn versus the other thing. So maybe it's just I, – I, I don't know how we get back to where we were, Tom. I don't know. Yeah, and I do think that there is something to be said for, like, this free agent class was so ridiculous that maybe, you know, two things. One, maybe this year's finals were always doomed just because landscape was shift after these finals, and everybody was excited to see what it would look like post-Warriors, so everybody was kind of looking beyond it. Um, so I do think that there is something to that. And then I also think, look, next year's free agency class is not going to have the same buzz. And I think next year's finals will have a ton of buzz because the, you know, the, the teams are going to be different. Like, you know, even if it, even if the Warriors do get through, it's going to be a very different type of Warriors team. Um, you know, whoever gets, gets in from the East is probably going to be different. I, I think that next year's, you know, next year's finals will probably have a little more buzz. And I think there will be less free agency, um, drama taking away from it because again it won't be guys who are in the finals who are you know necessarily moving there won't be like you know Kevin Durant rumors and Kawhi rumors you know the two best players in the finals like literally you know everybody thinks they're leaving after the finals like I don't think that's going to happen again so it might just resolve itself and that would be really good because like you said like it's 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 really fun to watch the finals uh, so yeah I think that uh <laughs> Hot take, yeah. I'm coming in spicy today. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that it might resolve itself just kind of naturally this year, but it was a weird phenomenon this past season, no doubt. I'm glad you mentioned the free agency class coming up because, there's, you know, obviously there are certain ways I want to go with this podcast, and you're kind of doing it for me here. I have I have, a, I have sort, of, sort of a hot take, and I'm kind of curious your opinion on it. Is this summer in the Team USA experience, I'll lump in with this, is this summer in that experience bigger than, for Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, you think? Um, that's a good question. I think I would probably say Tatum. Um, I think that the hope that a lot of people have for Tatum is that he is going to become a superstar. Um, and I think that when you look at guys who go to Team USA and come away from it, you know, inspired or whatever it might be, uh, to sort of take that next step, his next step or what he could – potentially get to with his next step is just so ridiculously high. And the same thing is true of, of Jalen, obviously too, but um, I think Tatum even more so is just like, if he can go to team USA and he can come back with the right type of mindset, um, you know, he could really, he could really develop a lot. Um, and, you know, I think he could potentially become sort of the star that everybody's hoping to see him become. Um, so, you know, if that happens, I think that it it, it will definitely be uh, be him. But I mean, that could happen with that could happen with Jalen, and it could not happen with Tatum. And then you know, the opposite would be true. Right. I, I just think that, especially with especially with Tatum's uh, you know 
obviously his potential extension next season and everything, and just the fact that it seems like the Celtics are sort of building around him now. I would I would go with him. Yeah, so let's let's do this one at a time. I, I it's a it's I think it's a question that's easily answerable. I, I think you could make the argument for Tatum very easily. I mean, his ceiling is ginormous, and finding a way to get him back to the mindset like that rookie year, and again, it was more of the team around him. I think uh, that you know when Kyrie goes down and 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 when the team basically revolves around the young guys, it's easier for him to look you know more like a superstar. It's going to be more tailored towards that this year. So getting back into a good mindset, being like, hey, like, don't worry about last year. Put that behind you. Here's some games against high-quality competition. Get yourself ramped up. Luckily for you, a lot of your team is here. Like Marcus Smart's here. <laughs> your new other point guard, Kemba Walker's here. Your buddy Jalen Brown's here. You know, take this time, get acclimated, and work on your game. And you're going to learn from some really smart people. Like Steve Kerr's going to be there. Greg Popovich is going to be there. Um, amongst players that have, you know, that are having somewhat of, you know, level, different varying levels of success. In the league, so for Tatum, who you know everybody touts as the next big thing, and is going to um, hopefully you know uh, take a next leap forward where he turns into this All Star and maybe even superstar status again. We'll see with Tatum, and again, we all we all know what the ceiling is, but I think it's a much bigger deal for Jalen Brown. It's because of what you mentioned. The upcoming free agency class here is very shallow. Okay. And Jay, and you know, one big name was taken off it when uh, 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 Draymond Green. There we go. I'm going to cut that. With out. Draymond, yeah, oh, yeah. Draymond. <laughs> look, it's been a long day. Uh, Draymond with, with Draymond Green, you know, being taken off that list, and now Jalen just ascends another step, you know, closer to the top of the pile here. It's huge for him because not only in terms of like money, I do think that there's interest, and I don't have any. I'm not sourcing this. I have no instant info on this. I just have a brain. I do think there's interest in the Celtics in bringing back Jalen Brown for a longer contract and having him play with the team. I think that's why you draft a guy third overall in the draft, right? I think you want to have him pass his first contract. Just going to throw it out there. Um, and for Jalen, this is a big opportunity for him because, again, he's not really thought of in the same air as Tatum and as a lot of the other high-end guys that are his age. You know, he's just not. And it's, you know, unfortunate, sure, but, I mean, it's just the way it goes. And if you're Jalen Brown, you're just going to have to use that as motivation. But Greg Popovich has had some things, some really fun things to say about uh, about D- uh, Jalen Brown throughout the summer. Um, you've heard from different guys on Team USA talk about how great Jalen's been. Um, it's not like this is a uh, a thing where Jalen's kind of an afterthought. Like, no, Jalen has done really well. They've used him as a small ball four to get him on the court more. Um, his defense has been pretty good. His, he's he tacked a lot, and he's you know his shots obviously been reworked over the years to be a very competent shooter at this point, and. Look, he's a very fun guy to watch the open floor, but he obviously needs to work on a couple things. But if you can shore those things up and you have him and Tatum together, your ceiling changes as a team. And Boston, as an organization, has a ginormous decision to make. A lot of their contracts um, coming up are going to be interesting. Like Jalen and Jason are the two big ones. They have Smart locked up for a little bit on a very affordable deal. They just signed Kemba Walker to this big deal. Um, so some numbers got to be crunched here and some guys, you know, they're going to make decisions, not, you know, on the front end, but the guys on the back end, the seventh, eighth, ninth guys you have in the team, those guys might have to get sacrificed so that we can pay Jalen Brown more money. And so that being said, like there's money that could be left on the table here for Jalen, but there's money to make out there for Jalen as well. And as you look at him this summer, like he's, you know, doing a lot of the same things that you'd want him to do. And when you look at this season, you're looking at minutes and points and rebounds and assignments to go around. 
Jalen's a guy that you could easily take from one and apply to another because Boston's strength is that like wing defense. You know, Smart can play up many positions, so it's not like you know he's really penciled into that that point guard spot. He can he can guard up positions. Tatum and and Gordon um, Hayward obviously fit in that spot as well. So with with Jalen, we all know with Tatum, he's gonna be. Uh, he's going to get max money somewhere. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Somebody's going to take a shot on that young of a talent and be like, yeah, we're going to give him max contract. doesn't really matter. Restricted free agents, we're going to give it to him. Jalen, not the same case. I think Jalen has much more to gain by playing this by, by playing well this offseason into the summer and into the start of the next season more than Tatum is. That's just my argument. But I think you can go either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see what you're saying there. And, you know, if you're talking about, like, just purely, you know, in terms of what he could earn on his next contract, I think that's definitely true that, you know, Tatum is pretty much locked in and, and, uh, you know, Jalen might be, um, you know, might be a little more variable there. Um, You know, in terms of, it'll be interesting to see what Jalen gets out of this, because I think that, you know, this past season, he did such a good job of fitting himself into the role that the Celtics needed him to play. And I think he's got to do a similar, you know, a similar thing this year with team USA um, but I'll be curious to see what he does, what he kind of does with this, taking it into into next season, and what the Celtics need from him, you know, next year. When I, I talked to him a couple times this past year, and he talked about how you know roles change. Like he's like, yeah, right now my role is to be an energy guy, you know, coming off the bench, but but roles change, and um, you know, and I think that will be sort of interesting to see because with this Team USA, I don't know that he is getting, you know a particularly different role than the ones he already played. And, and I'll be curious to see how that sort of translates into a season where, you know, he probably will be back in the starting lineup and he probably will have a, a chance to, you know, do a little bit more and to, you know, take on more responsibilities. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what, again, kind of what he takes away from it, how that, how that translates to the season and how this season translates to, you know, the money that he's going to get, because I think that, you know, obviously the Celtics would like to bring him back and obviously they, you know, they want to get him on a pretty fair deal, but it's going to be difficult to get a, you know, 23 year old six foot seven athletic wing um, on a fair deal, just because that type, that archetype of archetype of player is so rare in the NBA right now. So I don't know. There's, there's going to be a lot of questions that need answering. And, you know, I don't know how much international play is going to answer those questions, but I think that it will sort of shine a spotlight on them and, uh, you know, kind of clarify what, I don't know that we're going to answer any questions, but I think it'll clarify the questions that we're asking kind of going into the regular season, if that makes sense. In your opinion, have you learned more or maybe, you know, not reconfigured, but have, have been impressed with, Jalen or Jason Moore, this this uh, Team USA experience because I've, I've we saw Tatum early on like just dominate and we've heard so much from different beat reporters saying like yeah guys are having trouble in practice shooting the basketball except for Jason Tatum who's knocking down everything like remember I think it was Windhorse on Simmons podcast where he was talking about how like yeah certain guys like Joe Harris who's an incredible three point shooter is having a trouble a tough time shooting with these with Chris these Middleton. Deep balls. Yeah. yeah Middleton who again because he's not playing the Celtics is not shooting well <laughs> like whenever he plays Boston he shoots like 65% from three point range but he's not playing the C's so um it's not it's not going to work out as well like but Tatum has always been a guy that shot the ball very well and had a couple of early games where he looked like the best player on the floor but like you know Jalen has also done a couple of things where he's been a guy that's played a certain role and, and played really well in that role I've been more impressed with Jason or Jalen this summer you know, I think it's 
I, I don't know that I've been more impressed with either one just because I think we've seen a lot of like the same types of things that we were seeing. You know what I mean? Like we, we've seen, again, we've seen Jalen really do a great job of fitting himself into a role, um, you know, within a team construct. I think that's actually becoming one of his real strengths is that he can do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we've seen from Tatum, like, you know, he's, he's going to knock down some shots. He's going to be a little streaky. Uh, you know, every once in a while he's going to bust out like a, you know, a mid post move that's going to just kind of wow you. And then, you know, who knows if, uh, it, you know, how many times he's going to do that in a game. Um, you know, once the games get a little more serious, I think we'll have a better sense of it. I, I guess if, if I was put on the spot, I would probably say that I've been a little bit more impressed with Jalen um, just because, you know, he defensively, obviously, he's, he's done a really nice job against multiple people. And, you know, offensively, he's still really doing a nice job of picking his spots and, you know, really only attacking when it's a favorable matchup for him. And I, I think that requires a lot of, you know, self-awareness and self-control, and he's done a nice job of that. So I would say probably, you know, Jalen at this point, but I, I, I don't know that I've seen anything that's made me change my assessment of, you know, Tatum having definitely the higher upside and, uh, you know, potentially being maybe more of a, of a future building piece. I don't know if that's fair to say or not, but I, I would say that so far Jalen has probably showed a little bit more in the, in the scrimmages that we've seen. You think the Jalen at the four thing's going to stick this upcoming season, or is that just something you can do only for international play? I think it's going to be – I think it's international play. I don't know. I've never been particularly impressed with Jalen guarding up to the four in the NBA. Like, he's done okay. Um, and, I, and I've been really impressed with Jalen guarding down, you know, being sort of that big shooting guard who just punishes smaller guys. And, and obviously he can defend, you know, point guards and, and shooting guards and small forwards. Um, and I feel like he just struggles a little bit um, when it comes to, to using his strength when it comes to the when it comes to the four. And maybe that's something that he can work on this summer. And, you know, maybe that is something that does translate. It would be a bit of a departure. Um, it would be it would be a step up from where he was last year if he's able to do that. And I don't think that's impossible by any means. But, you know, I, w- I would say that the Celtics are probably better served, uh, you know, I, mean, I guess probably doing it by committee more than anything. But to me, Jalen's at his best in Boston when he's, you know, sort of abusing smaller defenders instead of, uh, you know, trying to trying to get by bigger defenders because, you know, another thing that he struggles with at times is his handle. So if he's, if he's got to try to beat guys off the dribble then and, and, he, and he struggles with that, I don't know that the advantage against a four is as pronounced as his size and strength of advantage, you know, against a two. So I would say, yeah, I would say they probably – I'm sure they'll try. I'm sure they'll check it out with him at the four, but I don't know that I would expect it consistently during the season yeah it's the patented Jalen Brown backs down a smaller defender within like seven feet of the basket and does a turnaround fadeaway like that's been a, a go-to shot for him I think the past like well, year-ish and it's, and it's funny because it's an efficient shot for him like that's not generally an efficient recently but I would imagine that he's you know that it's, that it's actually a pretty good percentage shot for him yeah I, I, I would guess that as well quick break to tell you today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag basketball since it's dead zone right now Starting to get away from that a little bit. We're inching closer and closer, but that doesn't mean you can't make money on the NBA or college right now. Both season titles out, uh, titles odds out already. Clippers and Lakers lead the pack of the NBA, plus 350, plus 400, respectively. Celtics, a ginormous long shot to win the title, but win the division, a little bit better odds, just plus 300. Baseball season in full swing, placing a wager on baseball's never been easier with all the best odds at betonline.ag. This weekend watching, or this week I should say, watching Mets and Nats. Mets, get it together. They lost six straight games against the Braves and uh, the Cubs. Get it together against the Nats. 
and climb back into the wild card race. But wait, can you believe that NFL preseason's already over? NFL season starting next week. To celebrate another season kickoff, BetOnline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use the promo code CLNS50, that's 5-0, to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit in the sidelines this football season get into all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Minimum $55 deposit required. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. Back to Tom. Do you feel like, maybe this is just me talking, but do you feel like there's been a lot of, like, just a lot of Boston Celtics? Cause maybe because we're just, they're involved in a lot more. They're, there's four guys in Team USA and they have to talk every, or talk all the time on these media opportunities. And, but I just feel like there's a lot of, a lot of players in the team talking about how, just trying to, like, change the narrative from last year a little bit. Like, you see, you're hearing from Kemba all the time and Marcus Martin all the time and Jalen and Jason and Ennis Kanter goes on Fox Sports 1 and, and First Things First and Nick Wright and, and CC and everybody. And I just feel like you're hearing a lot from from just Celtics players in general to try and, like, maybe change the narrative and try and get out in front of, like, yeah, last year was a disaster, but, like, we're going to make a really con- you know concentrated effort to spin this. Is this like Jeff Twist, like trying to trying to get guys involved with everything? Like I, I just I don't know. What, I just feel like we're hearing a lot from Boston, and maybe that's just because they're on Team USA and you know, reporters are around and they're going to ask these type of questions all the time. I just feels like it's forced to me, Tom. Am I nuts? No, you're not nuts at all. I, I think that that's, that's an extremely fair assessment. Too, you know, I don't think it's Jeff Twist, but I do think that the Celtics are making a concerted effort to say all the right things. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think that there is something to the idea that Kemba is a more natural fit with these guys than Kyrie was. I think there's also something to the idea of like, look, let's, let's wait and let's see them on the court because you, you got done with the season and, you know, except for some anonymous sniping, like we've mostly only heard guys say, look, it wasn't Kyrie. This was everybody. This was a collective failure. And, you know, you, we've heard Jason Tatum say, like, okay, that, you know, everybody on this team wanted to be good and everybody was trying to be good together and it just didn't work. And I think that there is cause for concern um, within that, even with the switch up, you know, from Kyrie to Kemba. I think that it is probably worth wondering, like, okay, if it didn't work last year and they don't have Horford, who was, you know, one of the re- one of the pieces that actually did work last year, like, you know, how is that, how is it going to be different? You know, even if it, even if the attitudes are different, even if people aren't, you know, sniping during the season at each other, you know, is the result on the court going to be different? And if it isn't, are guys going to start to get frustrated again? So, you know, everybody's going to say all the right things right now and they should, and it's, you know, (laughs) I guess it's a good thing that they are because if they weren't saying the right things right now, you'd have real cause for concern. But, you know, I, I do think it's, it is way too early to be saying like, okay, Kemba sounds like he likes Jason Tatum. You know, everybody seems like they're they're doing well together. Like, I'm sure they're getting along now. It's it you know it, it's only going to matter in a few months. It doesn't matter right now. So, yeah. you know, I don't I don't think you're crazy at all. I do think that they are trying to like get this narrative out there as much as possible. And I also think that you're right when you just point out like, look, there's only so many storylines from Team USA right now, and you know the big one is the Celtics. So we're hearing a lot about it because they're getting asked about it every day. So. I look forward to media day and having to ask them about it again and just kind of seeing some well-deserved eye rolls, but it'll be a, 
yeah, I think that we'll probably get a lot more of this this type of storyline as the summer goes on. Yeah, I'm already done with it. I'm like, I'm like, I've heard enough. About, I'm pretty, about, I'm pretty done with it. Too. Yeah, how about the Celtics <laughs> are, you know, they're enjoying each other's company and everything. Like, I'm, I'm done with it. Can we move on, please. Like, it's just enough. Enough is enough. Um, I think Boston, and I've been asked this, you know, in via, you know, uh, interactions on Twitter. So this is just coming from the Twitter sphere a little bit, and I haven't agreed with the sentiment. Like, I think that there is only a certain amount of minutes to go around, and there's a lot of guys that might deserve minutes. And I'm looking around, like, obviously you have the core guys. You have Smart, you're going to have Kemba, Jason, Jalen, uh, Hayward are locks to get a lot of minutes, okay? That's without question. There's the second tier of guys like Vincent, is it Poirier? Did I get that right? I'm not sure if I'm, is it Poirier? Poirier, yep. Poirier, yeah, okay. So he's going to get some minutes. You know, Kaner's going to get some minutes. You know, Rob Williams is probably in line for some minutes. Then you have some some newer guys slash guys that didn't have the opportunity last year to get more minutes this year. Like, I happen to think that Shemi Ojale is going to get a lot of minutes in this team. Um, I think that Morris's minutes might end up going a lot to Shemi because I think he can guard that same way in terms of, like, maybe a guy that's sized as a three height-wise but built more like a four and can guard up a little bit um, and, and stretch the floor and shoot threes. Uh, I, I'm all over Carson Edwards, so we'll get to him in a little bit. I love the way he thinks, but Brad Wanamaker sort of uh, in front of him a little bit and, and blocking his potential you know, avenue to getting more minutes. There's Grant Williams, who everybody loves, including myself, and can't wait to see him on a floor with everybody else because he's going to fit right in and be totally seamless. So there's there's just a lot of minutes. There's a lot of players on the team that deserve minutes, I think, in some capacity, but there's not a lot of minutes to go around. Who do you see – getting some of those minutes that are crucial to a team that's trying to make a deep run, the seventh, eighth, ninth guys on the bench. Yeah, I don't, it, it's going to be really interesting. I think you're right about Shemi. I wonder if we're going to start to see, you know, Brad obviously has talked about him being able to guard centers at times. I wonder if we'll see a little bit of him, you know, sort of being like a stretch five at that time, like a small ball five. Uh, obviously he's got the strength to do it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he's, you know, if, if they try that out at all. Um, you know, I think the squeeze is going to come with, you know, some of the rookies, uh, you know, I think that we'll see how many, we'll see how it shakes out with Romeo Langford. I mean, I, I'm high on him. I think he's a really good player. Um, there's just, his position is so loaded on this team. It's going to, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, I, I do kind of wonder, and this is just, this is just guessing, um, you know, pure guessing, not reporting. Um, I, or not even guessing really just kind of speculating. I wonder if, there might be some type of consolidation move at some point. Um, just because like you said, there's so many, they ran into this exact same problem last year, like with, with just too many talented players at too few positions and, you know, not enough minutes to go around and just kind of the bad vibes that come from that, like the resentment that can build. Um, so I, I do kind of wonder if, if there might be something along those lines. I don't know how that would look or, or who would be, you know, who would be sent where or what they would be looking to acquire in return. Um, I just think that this, you know, this team has a lot of not similar problems to last year, but, but at least, you know, some similar archetypes. Again, you know, they're built kind of similarly. There's, I do think that this year I think Brad was a little sad that he couldn't get Shemmy Mormon last year, and I think that will be a, a focal point. And I think, uh, you know, I, th- I think Rob could, could become – you know, maybe even like the backup center or maybe start against certain matchups uh, because I don't think that Ennis Cantor is like, you know, I don't know that his, his 
defensive problems are going to be sustainable against some of the better teams in the East. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, all the all the guys. You know, you mentioned again. There's just so many minutes uh, to go around. There's you, you can't give them to everybody. And the, I mentioned it before because I I love this kid. I love Carson Edwards so much. I'm so excited for him. Um, and I feel kind of bad for Brad Wanamaker again because Brad Wanamaker is actually like he has a lot of skill and is very useful and will be a nice backup point guard. And then I think a lot of his minutes will go to Carson because Carson just adds this crazy shooter, like this lights-out shooter that can play kind of right away. Um, and he's a guy that defensively might look small, has a six six wingspan, and obviously is physical enough to, to bang around bodies. And I love the fact – it's an old Avery Bradley thing. It's an old Terry Rozier thing when he was younger and would do this. The guy will guard all 92 feet of the floor, and I love that. I love guys that pick up point guards full court and make the opposing point guard's life a living hell. Um, I am so excited for Carson. Of all the, of all the rookies, like I like, I like Langford a lot, and I, I think the gamble was worthwhile there. I'm curious to see what he looks like uh, with, a, with a healthy hand. Um, Grant Williams is just awesome, and his, the way he approaches everything is, is great. But I am sneakily most excited for Carson Edwards because I do think he can help very quickly right away in a spot that um, the Celtics might desperately need. They might need a little more shooting. Um, any Your thoughts on Carson going forward here? I know uh, you might be working on something that's coming out very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also high on Carson. I think he's going to be really good. Um, like you said, I think that, that three-point shooting and that floor spacing, I think having that sort of knockdown always reliable three-point shooter is going to be really valuable for the Celtics. Um, you know, Carson, he's well aware that summer league was not representative of how his role is going to be in the NBA. Uh, you know, he, he knows that he was given a very, very green light at summer league that, you know, at least, at least at first, he certainly won't have. Um, but I do kind of think that the Celtics might just use him as, you know, even, even in a somewhat similar role to summer league, like, Hey, like go out there, go get some buckets, go see what you can do over the next, you know, 10 minutes. You've basically like, you've got 10 minutes to get as many buckets as you can. And then you're coming back to the bench. Like in his rookie season, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that is somewhat of his role. And, and I think you're, that you're right that, that a lot of Carson's minutes will come at the expense of Brad Wanamaker, who is, you know, like you said, very talented and probably deserves uh, more minutes than he got last year and more than I would expect he'll get this year. But yeah, I think Carson is, is really, really talented. Uh, I think he's really tough. Uh, I think that shines through in a lot of ways, and I, I think he's going to be a fan favorite. I think the Celtics, I think Celtics fans are just going to love him, just how hard he plays, um, you know, and just. And I think that people are going to start drawing comparisons, you know, unfair ones certainly, but I think they'll start drawing comparisons to Isaiah Thomas if he if he plays well, just because he's undersized and he gets buckets. So um, I think he'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, like you said, I got a story coming out on him uh, soon that I, I won't step on too much, but. He's a, he's a really, really interesting, smart guy uh, in ways that, uh, you know, that, you know, make him fun to, to read about and to write about and to, and to talk to for, for the beat writers. So I think they'll, you know, he, he's not like, he, he's a very unique personality. Um, and, and, and I mean that in a very, very good way. Like he's, he's interesting, you know, he's, he's smart and, you know, he just kind of looks at things a little bit differently than a lot of people. And I, I think that's really refreshing. So, He'll be somebody that's that's you know fun to fun to follow, fun to watch, and definitely fun to write about this year. So look for that Mass Live that'll drop very shortly. Tom Westerholm of Mass Live, appreciate the time, buddy. You guys do a great job. You don't have much more vacation left, but enjoy the rest that you have. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks a lot, man. I certainly plan to.
And that will do it for this episode of Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media. Again, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of your Boston Celtics. A couple of thank yous to hand out, first and foremost, to you guys out there for listening to the show here this week. Appreciate you guys. Adam should be back next week, back from vacation. And we're getting closer and closer and closer. Thankfully, I can't, again, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. I can't do this whole non-NBA. Like, Need some something's gotta give me my fix. I'm dying here. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to Tom Westerholm for joining us here today. Get remember to follow him in his coverage of Mass Live. A couple more shout outs. Our sponsor, betonline.ag, of course. Use that promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus at sign up of a deposit of $55 or more. Shout outs to you know Adam Kaufman, obviously, Nick Gelso, John, Larry, everybody else at CLNS Media. I'll see you guys at some point. Not sure when. You'll see Adam next week. But uh, enjoy the rest of your week, the first week of September. Football season's coming. Gino, get me out of here, kid. <laughs>